Yeah, that uh, that other recording was just practice recording. This is real recording. Episode 119 of Tell Me Where to Turn. A show that I would say is trending up. Peaked, if yes. you will. Or trending flat. <laughs> oh, but in this, in this there. case, flat <laughs> is good. There you go. Dave's not on board. Two out of the three I don't are think, on board. I don't with, think Dave uh, listened to the episode yet, did you? No, I did. I listened to it on the plane and enjoyed it thoroughly. Well, you, along with literally hundreds of other people, also enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed it thoroughly as I was looking out the window of the plane, seeing the curvature of the earth. Allegedly. That's what you were seeing. It's just, you know what, those windows are just, they're just projections, man. It's what's, what Warner Brothers wants you to see. Did you guys fly... Which side of the pole that holds up the rotating sun and moon did you fly by? I think we're we, we didn't uh, we didn't get that far. We didn't see the stick that held up the sun. You know, if you, you they got to be careful flying around those because if you get too close of it, you could knock a wing off. That's right. Got to be careful there. Ecuador's just playing tetherball just around the clock. And we've never figured this out. You know, joke um, all you want, but I'm here to tell you guys, play the fanfare. That was the second most listened to episode in the history, the 118 plus episode history of Tell Me Where to Turn. The Flat Earth community got out and supported us in a big, big way last week. We and we appreciate thank you them. for all the hundreds that I'm sure are returning this week to just see what we could possibly follow that up with. Thank you for being here. So out of uh, curiosity, I have actually now also watched that Flat Earth documentary. So I think uh, you cover it in great detail, so I'm not going to go through all that. But definitely an observation is uh, to be a Flat Earther, it seems to be you need to be middle-aged and a white, single vegan. Yeah. That seems to be the profile. Yeah. Preferably single by divorce. Involuntarily single. So super vegan. So did you feel like after watching it that I did a pretty good job painting the picture on the podcast? Uh, I would say so. And did you uh, did you find that Mark Sargent did look a lot like Dan McDowell? The definite Dan McDowell vibe. And I, I wonder how many of the hundreds of people that are flat earth supporters that listen to that and trying to figure out who the F Dan McDowell is. Hey, at bracket Dan on Twitter. Give him a follow. But Glenn, I had a similar experience of, it's funny you watched it because after I listened to the episode on the flight home, I was downloading stuff on Netflix and I was like, hmm, maybe I should download it and watch it too. And I did. And then I got on the plane and I saw the American Airlines Entertainment had Creed and Creed 2. Oh, no. So Flat Earth did not get watched. Oh, maybe next time. You made the wise decision there, though. Um, Can I just uh, offer you a little bit of this week in Flat Earth news? I'd love it. New weekly segment. 
Um, there is a flat earth convention coming my way locally to Dallas in November. In November. Okay. And um, only $28 to have access to all the streaming online from the entire conference. A very fair amount. I think to get the stream of the Rick Fa- Rick Flair roast in Vegas this week is $50. So you're telling me that it's only half as good as that. Yeah. Hold on, Glenn. Why are we getting the stream if it's local? Well, because it is uh, it is a bit of an investment to go in person. I think uh, I think you're looking at at least a hundred dollars to go, and it like the VIP is like three hundred. Wow. And the at the the convention, the main events, Champa and Velveteen Dream for the title, or hundred bucks? Like, what are we what are we getting? Um, uh, I don't know. That would be the surprise. I assume you get to take some pictures with some guys who have ironically have globe helmets on and <laughs> do a lot of this. I bet if you, if you, if you registered in there as, um, you know, media or whatever, you could probably get in there and just do the podcast and probably get in for free with a media pass. Could maybe even know. have Patricia steer on as a guest validate that she is in fact female 100% and has always been um i got to look at the dates i think i might have a uh i think i might have a family con- conflict to attending in person if we even considered that but the online thing just stream that at work <laughs> <laughs> it's good content so after watching the uh watching the the show the movie in person Instead of just looking at pictures, what what was your what, what risk adjusted for flat Earth? Where would you numerically rank Patricia Steer? <laughs> okay, obviously risk adjusted for flat Earth, um, probably about six and a half. Yeah, I think that's probably about right. I can't be too generous here, even with the the uh, adjustment for the surrounding environment there. I just got a text. Yeah, can I uh, interrupt you with live worked texts? Oh, by all means. You tell me how to respond to this. I will do it exactly as you say. The text says, would you have any concern with me working from home tomorrow? I just realized I don't have any meetings and I'd like to take advantage of it. How do I Go respond? To the bathroom and take it. <laughs> You're like, uh, actually, you just got a meeting on your schedule. It's seven thirty in the morning with HR to discuss your termination. <laughs> work from home. Oh yeah, says the guy who works from home full time, who's doing this call <laughs> from his home office. Right Indeed. now. Yeah, when I was visiting Dallas a couple of weekends ago, I felt like I had a real podcast deja vu moment as I was basically sleeping directly behind where Point Break Dave is sitting right now. And I was like, this view looks so familiar. Ah, uh, yes. Um, is this an individual that you've texted with before? Um, <laughs> Work-related. <laughs> the word rhymes with texted. <laughs> so... I'm just wondering if you could just act like you don't know who it is type of thing. Just kind of string them along. Do the new phone who dis? Yeah, pretty much. 
Dave, much. Dave, are you drinking a protein shake? I what am. are you doing? Looks like through some kind of a like a combat yeti of some kind. Now this thing's the best, man. The pro mix. Okay. Mixes it up nice and smooth. Man, what a what an advertisement! It's our, a new sponsor right there. Yeah, we had to go easy with brand names. I actually had to finish my my dinner during the first five minutes of the podcast because in the breaking news, Glenn on time for the first time in show history. I had told my wife, I said, no, hey, we're good. Uh, I'll, I can eat dinner right now because Glenn's always at least 20 or 30 minutes late to start the podcast. So I had a nice big plate of chips and guacamole and enchilada. And sure enough, 831, he's ready to roll. I'm uh, showing a little commitment yeah, to the show. Late eating dinner tonight because I got a quick nine in after work. This this part of the show is going to be about golf. <laughs> oh, I thought it was thought it was about like one of the Cromarties. Gentlemen, <laughs> oh, uh, I I have a uh, I have a personal problem we need to discuss. Oh, is this why you're drinking and- the protein shakes? Yeah. <laughs> As the commercial on the ticket goes for Geno Stim, there's two locations that I need. Do you know what I'm talking about? And I'm having a problem in one of those locations. <laughs> the boardroom and the bedroom? <laughs> yeah. Which one do you guys think it is? I, I mean, I I'm got... going to guess boardroom. You are incorrect. <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. So that's why you're taking the protein shake, huh? I am trying for the first time in my life to become sleep in a t-shirt guy. Why? That is a good question, sir. No, actually, as Tommy pointed out, I do work from home full time. <laughs> And that means when I go work out in the morning, pretty regularly, I'll just come back and just start working. No, no shower until later in the day. You just leave the straps on and everything? Oh, yeah. And that has led to a problem I thought I was too old for, which is the back breakout. And reading online, they say the big cure for that is sleep in a shirt. Because you sweat at night, and it gets all... You're just laying there in your own sweat. So they say sleep in a shirt. But wouldn't the shirt keep the sweat closer to your body? Wouldn't you want it to not... Like, to have a chance to air out? The theory is your new shirt every night is better than, you know, three days in the same sheets. Well, three days. Usually go, like, three months. (laughs) But it is impossible. Like... From whatever age you're no longer in, like, kid pajamas, like, whatever, 13 to two weeks ago. 13? That would really got to go back because both of my kids have already ditched that, and they're six and four. I'm just taking a guess. I don't remember. Uh, Okay. But, yeah, it's impossible, man. Like, it's so weird feeling. Yeah, that's that's too much i'm 
I think I'd just go with the breakout. Have you tried just taking a shower after you're done working <laughs> I, out? I know. I feel like I feel like we're burying the lead here when he says, "Well, every morning I work out and then don't shower all day." But hey, I'm going to sleep in a t-shirt, and that's going to fix everything. Or, or wear your t-shirt in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing both now. It's instant shower when I get home, and this. What you need to do is get you one of those nice uh, back scrub brushes. Those things are very, very I, convenient. I bought one of those. Yeah. Just exfoliate a little bit. Do any bits with these shirts? Maybe just get like the half shirt, like the Tim Riggins <laughs> fullback. Showing off some of the abs. But you got the back covered, though. That's uh, Maybe I should just tie it up a little knot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't I think I've... Far. I don't think I've slept in a shirt probably since the last time I was really sick, like with a bad fever or something where your whole body's just out of whack, your temperature regulations out of whack. But I don't think on a normal night, yeah, any temperature at all, like got to have the shirt off to get the appropriate amount of relaxation for a good night's sleep. It's, uh, it's not, it's not going well, gentlemen. It's not going well. No, the, the sick exemption exists, as does the uh, Baltimore Hotel exemption. <laughs> the uh, four walls, <laughs> more yeah. than two. <laughs> yeah, I the, agree. I'm there. not sure exactly how I got here. <laughs> exemption applies if uh, sleeping with T-shirt on. But otherwise, I, I am quite literally 149% out on that. <laughs> not doing it. There's no no way. Well, as well documented for a good portion of his life, Glenn was shirt off all the time, guy. There there was a time, yeah. Even when it was like thirty degrees outside. The weird the weird uh shorts at home with no shirt and like the knit hat or like the beanie on to keep my head warm in the house. How and straight out of jackass were you? And that's when I had the long hair too. So think about like some some you know Jehovah's Witness comes over <laughs> on a nice Saturday <laughs> afternoon, and I answer the door looking like I play bass for Puddle of Mud. <laughs> They're like, please take this pamphlet. There's no way you'll be one of the hundred forty four thousand, but just just take it. I have to give it to you. <laughs> Guys, I hate to do this, but um, and I hadn't planned it this way for the show, but I've now received another text from another employee, and this one must be read on the show. It reads, Ever heard of Bovada? Question mark. <laughs> I'm watching a basketball game with friends, and they all have the app open and are betting on what the next play is. It looks fun. So at this okay. point, since I'm in leadership, I, my response to that is, is I have no idea what that is. Please don't text me again. I think not, not real familiar with it, um, but no, you can't work at home tomorrow. <laughs> no, this You'll is a different person, a different person. Oh, despite okay. despite the cancel I, I was given a minute ago, I've authorized the work from home day. Now this guy, the Bavoda guy, I feel like he may be setting me up to... Uh, turn me over to HR at some point. Clearly. I think we Everyone's talk about it like we do on the show and you say, hypothetically, I've heard of it and hypothetically betting on play in game betting sounds really fun. 
I wonder what it would be like to do that one day. <laughs> Did you guys hear about the uh, what DraftKings got in the news for yesterday? I did, no. and this is crazy. This is a cool story. So DraftKings Sportsbook is legal in a, in a handful of states. Coming soon to my uh, the place where I was born, Tennessee, my home state, <laughs> in the TriStar state. So May 14th was yesterday. They It was, was the one-year anniversary. May 14th, 2018 was when the uh, federal legislation to legalize or pave the way to legalize state sponsored sports betting went into effect. So as a promotion to celebrate 514, which is Sports Betting Independence Day, for essentially 12 hours during the day, a little longer than 12 hours, about 14 hours during the day from 6 a.m. until 8.01 p.m., you could make a bet on the Golden State Warriors to win the NBA championship at the odds of plus 514, you know, 514 to celebrate... Sports Betting Independence Day, which essentially, if you don't understand the nuance of sports betting, gives you five to one on your money. So you could bet Golden State to win the title this far into the season with only four teams left at five to one. And needless to say, they got an influx of action and are now exposed for a potential million dollar loss if Golden State were to win the championship. So they didn't, they didn't, did they announce this? Ahead of time, or it was just it just showed up out there. It just showed up. And in fact, a lot of people thought it was a glitch, and they, it was really pretty genius viral social marketing. It was intentional, and actually, the the eight oh one end time was also intentional because August first is when they went live with their first DraftKings sportsbook after it was legalized on five fourteen. So the whole thing was a publicity stunt that was planned out, and. You know, they're sure if Golden State wins a title, they'll lose a million dollars, but they've they've sure to garner well more than a million dollars in publicity because it went viral on social media. All the big sports sites uh, had it. Rovo, Darren Rovel had it um, on his feed. And then, of course, if Golden State wins, then that'll be another story that gets gets in publicity yet again. Yeah. So, you know, calculated move, but also pretty funny, uh, pretty funny way to promote your sports book. Don't you still uh, stand to win a hundred bucks if they if they lose? I do, I do. Cause you already got the hundred because Duke lost. Yeah, and uh, I um, was thinking for a mere twenty dollars, I could have just hedged my action entirely. Yeah. Except that I can't quite. It's not quite uh, in Tennessee yet. We're getting close. the The laws are there. They just have to get the gambling commission set up in the state. I'm waiting for my phone to ring. <laughs> That's the next text. The next text is, hey, how would you like to be on the gambling commission? (laughs) Can I work from home tomorrow? (laughs) So we've had a lot of uh, good traveling stories recently. And one of us recently went on a very extravagant uh, family trip. Now, now it wasn't me that did that for once. Uh, Tommy, have you, have you ever been on a trip with your family or they really don't want to go with you? Hey, let me open my uh, Expedia app here. Nope. Um, no recent purchases for me. No hotel, plane purchases. Nope. Wasn't me. Huh. Well, huh. I guess that leaves me. And who are you? I am point break underscore Dave on Twitter. And all the legality of sports betting, you can thank me for my <laughs> calls to congressmen. All of your no, lobbying. So, 
I took the family to to Disney World, gentlemen. Man, so the, opulent. And I'll tell you this, man. Um, you know, I won't get into the things everyone says, but you get to Orlando, man, and it's just <clears throat> line after line after line. You finally, you wait in this line, you finally get up to the front, and they start asking you all these like personal information questions and income questions. And I mean, I went to all the cash now payday loan places in Orlando, stood in all the lines. And finally, on the third day, we actually <laughs> gathered up enough to get into the park. So when you got there and you saw the personal questions area and you saw the line for income questions, did you <laughs> did you just sprint there immediately? <laughs> immediately. No, um, <clears throat> I actually, I guess the first thing we need to start with was the beginning of the trip, because I believe I texted you two fine gentlemen and said, oh, yeah. The people behind me on this plane are going to generate some good content. <laughs> so <clears throat> we uh, <clears throat> we get on the plane, and first it was a uh, 7.15 in the morning departure. So had to get the kiddos up at like 5 in the morning, get on the road, get there. <laughs> so we get on the plane. <clears throat> and they're boarding. We're pretty far through the boarding process, and this group family, I think there was probably eight or nine of them, are getting in, and this one woman who's probably in her 50s is talking super loud, and she sounds, do you know the the ticket drop, the they were inseparable? Oh, <laughs> yes, Mark Rose's sister. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was Pete Rose's sister? Sorry. Dang it. Shoot. Sounded like she smoked 18 packs a day for 40 years. That's what right. this woman sounded like. So, so they she did. was probably returning to Florida <laughs> from wherever she had traveled to. She was also That's... frantically Googling how to disarm a laboratory smoke detector. <laughs> well, we certainly get to that. But um, so, yeah, so this whole family, let's let's just say probably from their conversation hadn't spent much time on airplanes, but it spent a lot of time at the devil's bowl. That's a summary of this family. So the whole way down, she's talking loudly because, um, she, there, there was a lot happen? of cars in the a main last night and her hearing hasn't <laughs> come back yet. At what point in time was Clyde, Junior's name <laughs> mentioned it, constantly. It was just that and how they were so close on the 50 50 raffle. Just Which two rem- numbers off. <laughs> two numbers Which reminds me of the, the day my first kid was born as I walked around the, uh, the hospital going to get something to eat. And I ran into a guy who had a Clyde Dunn Jr. t shirt on. <laughs> and I asked him about it and if he was a Clyde Dunn fan or whatever. And his response was, yeah, that guy's a badass MF. <laughs> I was like, all right. Thank I'll you, kids. Cheeseburger. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, so the, the lady is loudly talking 
because as will happen with modern air travel, if you're late to board, they will make you check your bags because all the overhead bins are full. And she is basically going down and pointing out any overhead bin that has the tiniest space left in it that well, we could have put our bags there or we could have put them there. So, and they don't even charge you when they, when you yeah. make it through. So it's not no. like she's out the 30 bucks. No, no. So you're just kind of sitting there and you're like, please don't be sitting by me, but you know, the row behind you is completely empty and you know, it's about to happen. So sure enough, they sit down um, and to make things worse, there was a delay. We sat on the tarmac for over an hour before we finally took off. So they sit down. This plane on the way out didn't have the TVs in the back of the seat, which, as we all know, is just part of it, right? Some just planes luck, do. Luck of the draw. You don't know what equipment you're going to be on. Well, this lady is loudly proclaiming that when she booked the ticket on the internet, the photo of the plane she saw had TVs back every seat. And she was none too happy that there were no TVs. This has to have been her first flight ever, right? I believe so. Because who looks at, at least, the picture of the plane on the internet? Like, first of all, if it's not your first show flight. You they don't show you a picture of the airplane. They show you like a, it's like a diagram where you can pick your seats, but it's not like a virtual like 3D view. No, I think it's just like, you know, like I'm sure if you are on the homepage of AA.com, they probably have pictures kind of scrolling through. And she saw that and was like, well, gum." <laughs> when I booked my flight, the picture of the plane was on the runway starting to take off. We're, what are we doing? This, that's, this is not what I was promised. <laughs> but um, and then the last thing on them, which, like I said, I don't. I'm not fly every week guy. I fly seven, eight times a year. Probably six of those are on American. They were under the impression that when it came time for the drinks and snacks, buffet. The, no, they were under the impression that they would all be getting Pringles. <laughs> and I've well, never had Pringles on a plane. Is, has anyone? Pringles are delicious. I'm not on AA. I mean, I, I'm, no. I can tell you pretty candidly that you're going to get pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to yeah, get pretzels or, or the cookies. Yeah, yeah those the cookies cookie. are good. Whatever kind of cookie that is. I enjoy it. Yeah, but are but, we talking Pringles, like the mini can of Pringles or like the big... Like the Hulk Hogan size pop, Pringle stand? Yes. The Hulk Hogan or the, uh, <laughs> dang it, Johnny Chang. You know, that's why, uh, that's why Hulk Hogan liked the, the old t title belt is it showed off his Pringles can better than the new one. <laughs> that's why he was mad when they switched the belt. But, uh, brother. Yeah. So that, like, that short-circuited me. I was like, <laughs> Pringles, like, <laughs> and then the oh, the other thing was apparently this this week was apparently I don't know if it's I don't think it's in Disney World. It's probably at the convention center, but they were having for the last two or three weeks cheerleading competitions. 
Whoa. So, no, before you go down anything, these are like... Whoa. Whoa. Eight, eight, eight and 12-year-olds, so... Whatever you were about to say. Oh. Don't say... So you'd need to be like a ranger's closer. <laughs> Goodness. But... I don't oh. know. I think... God, I can't. This show is unlistenable. Can't take the, it. I'm distancing from this whole thing. The way too into cheerleading parents, maybe they're on the metal stand of most annoying sport parent. Well, I think the way too into anything parents kind of fall under that, especially if you're talking like an eight, nine, or ten year old. Yeah, the only parent I support them being way into is like if they're way into like NXT or something. I'm good with that. <laughs> Kill Perry. I feel like we met those parents in Phoenix when their kids are like like falling asleep on the chairs and they're like, no, main event's coming up. Wake up. No, but the family in front of us was for them and they, I guess it was when we were waiting to deplane. They started asking us, like, oh, are you going to the, you know, Disney World? And we're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, you know, we we end up going to the parks a few times because we're out here every time this or every year this, you know, whatever, April, May for cheerleading. And they're like, yeah. She's like, well, this is week three. This is when our our gym, because we're one of the smaller gyms, but we have we have 40 athletes with us did you start laughing when she said athletes i was about to be like oh so so the your daughter there that couldn't get into her apple juice by herself that's we're calling her an athlete now is that what we're doing cool all right just want to make sure we're all on the same page oh wow (sighs) so by coincidence i have a uh a friend of uh my wife and i who's a daughter was out there for that last week. <laughs> oh, I thought this was about to be I the Sean Salisbury story here. No, Actually, no, um, but I mean, she's a very a dear friend. friend. So you may have, uh, I don't know, maybe, 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 maybe she was the one that said we're about out here with a bunch of athletes. She wouldn't have, have said that. Well, thank goodness. Um, all right. So let's get into it. I'm not going to go through like, there's actually a couple rides that I, I do need to touch <laughs> on. Go ride by ride. <laughs> I, I want to I wanna just go through the overall Disney experience. Much like that, those parents, there are people that are way too into Disney World. Yeah, that's a real thing. I've encountered a few of those people recently, like, and they're adults too. Yeah. That have the, you know, Mickey Mouse sticker on the car and they, they, there's a name, I don't remember what it is, but the people that just go to Disney all the time as adults, that's a real thing though. There's actually, which we may, may be the next documentary we force one of us to watch. There's one called Dream Finders, which is about all those people. The way too into Disney people. Wow. But we were walking around. There's this lady in front of us and she had like real short shorts on and thigh. She had the entire Cinderella castle tattooed like the whole thing. Cool. Was she there? She there by herself or (laughs) she was probably alone. (laughs) 
did would you say because that, that's a large cast so uh <laughs> would you say that she does crossfit or possibly she had eaten mark mclemore <laughs> the latter the latter oh no one observation, we went to Disneyland, and one observation I had, it seemed to be really popular for the honeymoon. So yes. a lot of the you know mid-20s, let's say, recently married on their honeymoon, and then a lot of, it was pretty much just groups of females. I didn't see like five or six males that were in their mid-to-late 20s hanging out there, but you might see like four, five, six females all on the trip together to go to Disneyland, which they could have been local and just there for the day. But I don't know. There was still something about that. I was like, I think you're like 10 years too old for this. Now, did you observe people that were on their honeymoons that maybe say five years ago couldn't have gone on a honeymoon, but now due to some changes in the legislature are now able to go on honeymoons? Was that a big player? We'll get there, but let's get back to Glenn's point first. But we saw we saw a lot of a lot of honeymoon, and you knew it because there's all sorts of different varieties of the mouse ears, right? That you wear in your head. Mark that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, that's what I came to find out because there are ones with white with a little veil to show that you are on your honeymoon. There are ones that are just kind of the standard black, but they say groom on them. Okay. There's all, all sorts of, there's ones with graduation caps. Apparently it's a graduation present for people. I'm okay with that. You know, then there's all sorts of different colors and sequins and basically anything. And then, there are ones where the ears are rainbowed ah, for the, people that like reflected light or Houston crosswalks. The Houston or, bunny ears. That's yeah. exciting. But oh, wait, okay. mouse ears. Excuse me. Apologies to Walt Disney. Just so Disney World wouldn't flood again, obviously. <laughs> Clearly. Disney, Disney World is for everyone. But I did think I was going to get one of the uh, greatest pictures of all time. There were two dudes, each had, I'm guessing, homemade shirts with arrows pointing at each other, right? So they're walking beside each other. Above the arrow, it says, he's my prince. And down at the bottom, they were monogrammed. And one said Tom, so not quite Tommy, but Tom. And the other one started with a G, and the guy was wearing a backpack. And I was like, if this is Glenn, then I have. And I basically chased him down, and it was Greg. Oh, oh. typical Greg. Yeah. So close, though. Classic Greg move. On a similar note, quite a few blind people (laughs) at Disney World. (laughs) See, this goes back to Glenn's theory from last week of what you did. Just you contracted yeah. a blind to help you navigate your way through the lines faster. Yeah, you you rented a disabled homeless as your fast pass. <laughs> no, but we like. I just I mean, wear this. He's my prince shirt. <laughs> I and obviously there's a lot of people milling around Disney World, so it's not a huge percentage. But I saw 
15 blind people that I came across. And I, I don't understand. That seems like not a pleasurable experience for a blind person. Right. To go to like, like a really hot crowded place with tons of noises and things where and, you can't track what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds and terrible. Like, what are you going to do? The appeal then? is looking at, looking at all the, you know, buildings and characters and theming. I was very surprised by that. I think if you're blind though, you're probably used to that. You've probably grown accustomed to not seeing all the themes. Yeah. But I mean, wouldn't it, you go to a nice comedy club or something that's more apt for your situation in life. Hey, I'm not trying to put blind people in their place. Tell them where they can and cannot go. <laughs> let's hear about the, uh, let's hear about the rides. Did anyone, uh, do, do the kids ride everything? Um, for the most part, my oldest is seven and day one, she was like, Hey, let's do this space mountain tower let's of get terror. This going. Let her rip. Hell yeah. So we rocked that. And then, uh, I mean, she never, we never tried tower of terror, but she never backed out of any rides. Well, we did have an interesting, um, I guess, I believe it's at Epcot. There's a ride called, uh, voyage space or, mission space or something like that whatever so you go up to it's it all and a it's, plant from warner brothers anyways there's no space <laughs> it's a it's a unique ride because it's the only ride when you get up there and there's a green mission and there's an orange mission so there's essentially the line splits and you decide which one you want to go to and the orange mission is marqueed as more intense so we're like all right got the kiddos we're gonna go on the green mission see how things go so we go on it it's one of those where you strap in and your 3d glasses you're looking at a screen but you're also in a pod that moves and does all this yeah. stuff so we get out of the green mission cool ride perfectly tame right so we're like all right orange mission time so we're going down and we're getting in line and we get up to the front and then they start peppering you with, Hey, um, you know, this is, this is a more intense ride. Um, there's an exit here. If you don't want to go on this, all this stuff. And I'm kind of looking around, like Are we making a mistake. Cause it could amp up pretty, pretty far from the green mission and everything would still be fine. So we get in there First thing I notice is there are airplane style vomit bags. Oh no. By yeah. every seat. I'm hitting the exit nice. right now. I'm out. I'm and out. I'm like, oh goodness. So it starts very similar to the green mission where it basically tilts you back. So you're laying, you're looking straight up because you're it's launching the rocket that you're on, essentially. And as soon as that thing starts, you're like F this thing, man. Like the G's it puts on like the first 10 seconds. I was so nauseous or nauseated, whatever the correct form of that word is. Like nauseated. I've, I've never felt that on a 
roller coaster before. Wow. Like just in like you're just looking for the stop the ride button, but there isn't one. Right. So, so you go through the whole thing and kids fine. Like I don't know if it's why it didn't affect them. They're not they're not thinking about death. They're <laughs> too young. They never died before. They're fine. You're thinking this this could be it. This is where they're gonna find me. And I haven't deleted all those folders from my iPad. Well, I mean, you're not worried about death because you're like in this, you know, it's not a roller coaster. You're not worried about flying off the track, but just like the forces or whatever. Maybe it's because kids are littler. I'm not sure. But we get out of it. And my wife was the same way. She was like, she was worse off than I was. Like we got out and you have to walk down the hallway to get, you know, exit the ride. And she's like holding the wall. Oh, no, no. (laughs) I've been there. (laughs) And we finally get out and like the first place to sit, she just sits down. It's like, I just got, I just got to sit here. Wow. So yeah, like 30 minutes to, uh, to overdo that. How but, many, uh, uh, how many extremely overpriced cheeseburgers did you eat during the course of the trip? <laughs> all of them. Did you go to the uh, the fancy dinner where you get to interact with all the characters and they charge you like $150 for your kids to eat hot dogs and chicken nuggets? Are you talking about Cinderella's royal table in the top of Cinderella's castle, sir? Because, <laughs> well, yes, we did go there. Do you, get, okay. do you at least get a glazed carrot and non-intrusive service? No, we got grilled cheese, sir. And we went there directly after going to the Bibbidi Boppity Boutique and getting princess makeovers for them. Man, that's a. Uh... Now, are these all extra costs? Or is this part of whatever Pelican no, package this you was purchased all, for this? And thing? that was one thing that um, Mrs. Point Break Dave did all the working with the planner. Um, so we were pretty much set up, um, we had the, the meal plan which is kind of an interesting thing because it's like you have, there's basically different classifications. There's uh, dining credits, there's counter credits, which are basically every other thing that's not like a sit down multi-course. And then there's like snack credits, which are just, you know, popsicles and stuff throughout the park. But you just had like a card or like a bracelet where you could just scan it or something like that? Yeah, you get the magic band. And you don't want that. Can't get rid of that. <laughs> but yeah, that that's a one thing that's pretty wild now because I had gone as a kid. But now you get, you know, it's essentially like a watch. And that's everything. That's your ticket. There's no paper tickets for going in and out of the park. When you go to a ride to use your fast pass, it's all logged on there. And man, they're clever because, well, they do two things on the rides. If you're doing the fast pass, you have to scan it when you go into that line and then up towards the end of it, they make you scan it again. Oh, so somebody couldn't just stand there and scan people through? Well, that and you can't jump lines like you can't get the long wait line and then sneak over. Um, But what they don't tell you is, oh, this is the other smart thing they do. When you go into the park the first time, you do your magic band and next to it, 
to enter the park, they have a fingerprint scanner that you have to do. So to essentially keep you from switching magic bands and getting other people in the park. But what they don't tell you is they don't give you a heads up that every time from there on out, when you go into a park, any park at Disney, you have to do that and scan your fingerprint again. And it has to match the fingerprint you did that first time. So our kids were doing it. I wasn't paying attention to what finger they did, if it was on the side. So every time we went in, it was like, no, it didn't scan. Try again. And we're like trying all their different fingers. Oh my gosh. Trying to figure out which one they did the first time. That's pretty amazing tech though, that they've got it worked out to that level of, but I bet you, I bet you that the amount of Disney fraud that went on over the years that this probably clamped down on people buying, you know, two tickets for a family of four and swapping out during the day. I bet you all of that, all of that behavior has been curtailed and those things aren't cheap, right? I mean, your, your daily ticket into the parks over a hundred bucks, right? Oh yeah. I think no, easily. That's, it's yeah. That's insane. Cause I want to say that Disneyland was, was maybe not one fifty, but something like close to it. And I would expect that Disney world is more expensive. It was insane, but I mean, I'll I'll summarize Disney real quick, and then I'll tell you the one thing I'm really intrigued by. It's incredible, man. It's really cool. Like the uh, we stayed on property. We stayed at the Grand Floridian, which is where the kid got eaten by a crocodile. <laughs> did you uh, did you visit the did you visit the spot? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I like the, a, they found the X on the ground. Oh, <laughs> um, he was like two, but they don't have they don't even have those there anymore, do they? Those little lagoon things? Did they get rid of? They just put a big fence around them. Did they build a wall? No, nah, I, I mean they have a beach where you can go down. Yeah, but this was different. Where that kid got, he got got. Oh, I, don't I, think I, I never read beach. that story. I only read it. <laughs> once every couple of weeks <laughs> but uh, I mean it's really cool like you know obviously when you're staying on property you know like you can get the monorail at the hotel they also had a boat that we could take to several parks from our hotel yeah. um, so that was cool you can the Magic Kingdom is actually really close to the Grand Floridian so you can sit out on the balcony and watch the fireworks every night Um. So all in all, triple thumbs up for Disney World. I'll say this, like... Was it super crowded? You know, it wasn't bad. We're still in the school year, so I think that helped. And I also think, going back to people on their honeymoon... Yeah, let's go back to that. I would love to see... A lot of banging going on at the Grand Floridian. (laughs) No, I would love to see the, uh, the... Stats on people that went there for their honeymoon and then never had kids. Because you see so many kids like lose their minds at Disney World that if I was like a newlywed and I saw that, I'd be like, yeah, that doesn't doesn't look like that's for me. (laughs) That's not going to work for me, brother. But what's dumb is like people do it to themselves, man. Like they ask too much out of somebody too little. Yeah, like you get their kids and they're like, we're going to ride every ride. So you got this kid, it's hot, you've made them walk 
10 miles, you fed them nothing but sugar. Right. And then, you know, it's six o'clock at night, they've been up and they're like freaking out in line. It's like, yeah, that's on you. So that's my advice for anyone going like, like we left the park every day and went back and made the kids take naps and then came back. And it's just like, you can't, you can't expect in, and I had them on a strict regimen of, you know, half a scoop of Inno explode every three hours. So that kept them going. Protein shakes good before idea. bed. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. Like any good father would. But the part of Disney I'm super intrigued by, and I've been doing a little research, seeing if anyone has delved into this world. <laughs> Star Wait a Wars. This isn't going to be mm-hmm. the uh, guy that we knew the uh, that worked there. It is. Oh, no. Oh, that, that like had someone from every country. Is it that? Well, or? that's the. I want. <laughs> that's I want the guy. someone to delve into the world of being a essentially an employee. They call them cast members. But the gentleman Tommy and I knew. Apparently, there's a thing. If you're a guest, which guests call, I'm guessing this is, you know, obviously adults there without kids. There's a thing called, is it around the world, I believe? And the guest version of that is you go to Epcot and you get a drink in all the different countries. Our friend that was a cast member there, lived in the dorm, did the whole thing. Their version was around the world is you have sexual relations. You have have Valtrex with everyone. (laughs) around the world someone from each country right because the people that work in the different countries are actually from that nationality so that was when he you just say this is our culture here (laughs) when he told us that story and i was so shocked but his quote his next quote to my follow-up question has stuck with me and this is i mean at this point in our lives this was 15 years ago and I said, well, he told us the concept and that that was basically the goal of every male employee there was to get all the way around the world. So my natural follow-up question was, well, did you get all the way around the world? And he said, no, but I banged a Scandinavian chick. <laughs> <laughs> but, With like five countries. But I am so intrigued by that world because... Obviously, my girls are seven and five, so it was very heavy on meeting all the princesses. Um, A new thing now is they get books and you get autographs from these fictional princesses, which is a really strange thing. But all of them, so you got the princess, but then they also have like a handler with them, right, to keep like okay you're next in line blah 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 yeah the the handler always is a young girl that looks like tc and (laughs) you're always sitting there (laughs) taking shots both directions there there's another (laughs) there's another (laughs) reference for all the new listeners as as mark Sargent is googling (laughs) tc right now but you're just like so are they friends or do the TCs hate the princesses because they get all the attention? And, and man, the princesses, man, they, 
like wrestlers in the 70s, man, they live the gimmick, man. They don't, they are in character 100% of the time, no matter what crazy question the kid asks, what they do, like they are living it. And that intrigues me, like how, you know, apparently they teach all, like all the different girls that play Cinderella, they go through this training where they all learn to sign their name the same way and they all do their makeup the same way. So there's, it's just such do a they know weird... like every possible nuance of the story and any question that could come up from the movie, they know how to answer it. Oh yeah. No, you can't, so, you can't. So clearly that gets you higher on the food chain, right? Like pay scale wise. It has to, but it's so weird. Like, yeah. To Are the they... level of it's a career or is it still just a summer job? Or a, or a seasonal job, I guess. And apparently there's this whole other weird thing, which I would love to know more about, of, like, the weird, because we did run across a few random 20, 30-year-old dudes just there by themselves in line to see the princesses. And apparently there's issues that, with... That's where Mark Sargent was, no doubt. <laughs> like, I was reading a thing uh, where like they'll propose to princesses and they'll like oh, you know which no. days the certain ones work and there's a whole creepy side to that but i'm so intrigued by the life of um like when we were waiting for the monorails there was like different buses that would say like the marquee would say earning my ears and that's all the people in training getting picked up that i guess they keep at the hotels and take to the parks to train them. But it's such a weird, weird world that I want to know. I want to know more about, and I can't find anything like any long form articles or documentaries on it, but man, I'm intrigued by it. Surely somewhere in the recesses of Reddit, there's gotta be a Disney cast member behind the scenes. Ask me anything, something, because I'm, I'm curious too. Cause I also want to want to understand of all the jobs and all the functions you could perform in there, where, where do you hit the threshold of like, this is actually your means of employment beyond just like, Oh, this is something I'm doing for fun while I'm in school. Like where, where, where's that threshold? Is it, is it princess level? Do you have to be, you know, in even more advanced role where you're, you know, operating machinery, running a ride, you know, what, where, where's the threshold of, of the pay scale that it, it gets to be, a career choice and not just something fun you're doing. And the whole, like, um, the other thing about it is they are, especially like compared to like, you know, six flags or something like that. They're all like uber friendly and happy. Like even the people working the rides. Um, my youngest had a birthday while we were there. So that she gets a little pin that says it's my birthday. And I kid you not, like, Apparently they're trained to look for that. We did not pass an employee like the person picking up the garbage. You'd walk by and hey, happy birthday! Like they know to look for that pin. Wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, cool, it's awesome, but it's so weird. Yeah. So, did you did find you the job ahead, that you would want to do there? Of all the different functions, what would you do? So, hypothetically, you had to just lock in right now. Man. Boy, that's a tough one. I think um, 
I think being like a lot of the rides have like more of a not like a known character, but instead of just the dude hitting the button, you know, it's like a guy in a space suit that like tells you like gives you a brief of your mission, you know, like has like a little bit of a, a character to him. I think that would be kind of a fun job. But then, you know, you're doing it day after day. and Man, for me, like, no question, I want to be Indiana Jones in the stunt show. Dude, we went and saw that. It's still amazing. It's still great. It was amazing when I was seven, and it's still amazing. Although the... I I need to find pictures of when I went as a kid, because I think they may may have made some adjustments. I'm to pretty be, sure to be the, more the, sensitive racially. Pretty sure the plane when we went as kids still had, had the uh, had the most offensive of symbols on the wing, and it oh did dear. not have that anymore. <laughs> oh dear. Um, do you guys want to conclude with five minutes of wrestling talk? As we have a very key pay per view coming up this weekend. We do Sunday. I do at seven six central. But I will say this, there okay. will, I was going to say there will only be one set, but they'll, both of you are up to date. So there'll be two sets of footprints. There will not be a third, though, because Disney uh, curtailed my watching of the last two episodes. I, I haven't seen Raw or okay. SmackDown from this week. Well, in that case, let me propose a bet to you in the men's <laughs> Money in the Bank ladder match. I will give you Braun Strowman. For any amount of I money will, you want. I, I don't match the bet. <laughs> I don't want Braun Strowman. They don't know what to do with him. They're not doing anything with him. Yeah. Well, they did something uh, with him Monday night. Yeah. Did he lose clean in the middle? As to, he is uh, no longer in the match. So let's let's just get to uh let's just go through here real fast. I think this is with the WWE ratings dip considerably over the last uh several weeks. This is very important for them. Did you guys also see the all elite wrestling announced their pay-per-view yes. and how much it costs? Yes. 50 bucks. Yep. For their first pay-per-view on fight.tv. That's right. I, I may watch it. They're going to be may on only uh, watch it. If you pay for it, they're going to be on TNT in the fall. By. I'll tell you what, why don't you yeah. bring over some taco casa? I'll pay the 50 bucks. We'll call it good. All right, we'll see. So I'll just run through here real fast. I don't know if you, we don't need to go into any detail here, but uh, apparently Miz and Shane McMahon, this is a steel cage in a match. Cage, in a cage. We're finally ending this with, uh, I'm hoping the Miz goes over here. I, I think so, but I, you know, the way that they're still playing it up, I could see them dragging this on even further. But usually in the long history of wrestling, the cage is what they call the blow-off match. That's when you end the feud. Yeah, you you may have so you know matches that preceded it, but when you get to the cage, that's that's the uh, that's the hard end of the feud. You get in the cage, Dave, and then one person wins, and you move on. Dave uh, Roman Reigns against Elias. Is there any way that we walk with Elias out of there with a victory? Man, I hope so, but probably not. I'll tell you what, Dave, and you missed this, but if you have it on your DVR, go back and watch the first five minutes of Raw because they send Reigns out in London. And he comes out, mixed reaction, not as not as positive as he's been getting in the States. And it's for Miz TV. And 
they're trying to do this whole baby face interview thing. And as soon as Roman like says, mentions Elias, like the crowd just overwhelmingly interrupts him with the walk with Elias song slash chant. It was an amazing, oh, yes. amazing moment for me. Oh no, I'm definitely watching all, all of both shows. I but believe me, Elias will take multiple super band punches. He will take a spear and he will be pinned in the middle. One, two, three, and it will not even be a contest. <laughs> When's the last time, Elias won a televised match. I have no, well, when he was beating uh, Jeff Jarrett and uh, <laughs> Road Dog. Yeah. And uh, God, what's the guy with the conga line? I just forgot his name. No way, Jose. No way, Jose. Okay. So uh, Becky, two belts. Does she get out of this with both belts still? Or is one of them t- being taken away? I think they have to get her out with both. I think it just, it just makes the story better. But man, if Lacey Evans could beat her, I'd be so happy. <laughs> I'm such a big fan of hers. Like I've, I thought the whole walking in thing was dumb, but now that she's doing interviews, I am all yeah. in. Her stock is way up in my book. Did you guys listen to that podcast I sent you about Jim Cornette? I haven't yeah, in WrestleMania. I need, to. I need to. I was at work, and I know how much he cusses. Oh, it's so oh, funny because he's he's going through it and. Like most people, his whole issue was just the length of it. Right. And he gets to the part where she just walks out and then walks back. He's like, it's a seven-hour pay-per-view. And we're stopping down for this. He just loses his mind. So I I tend to agree. I think Becky will still have both the belts unless they pull the – um, they do the women's ladder match before one of them and she wins and she keeps both of them, but then she doesn't have enough when whoever wins the ladder match comes out and cashes in and then takes one away from her. I could, but, I could, I could, you could get me on board to that. The only reason yeah. I would say no is that they've probably printed a lot of Becky two belts, t-shirts. They got to sell yeah. first. And she's keeping both of them probably for at least another month. Uh, do we have to watch, Dave, do we have to watch Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio, or is there an opt-out clause here? Well, uh, that's when we'll refresh our Knob Creeks and get some more queso. We'll do that during that match. Tommy, thoughts? You are besmirching the greatest performer of our generation right now. Rey Mysterio is uh, a little past his prime. <laughs> now, if Rey Mysterio's son, Dominic, wants to get in there, I'm interested. Wow, how much of a Creed two story is that? What what a great what a great angle that would be if if Joe kills Rey Mysterio with a Cochina clutch, and then Dominic comes back to fight him like at the next pay per view, but the mom's like, no, he might you know choke you out. Boy, I'm in for that. I'm in. You sign me up. You sign me up right now. I'll pay double for that pay per view. Okay, so Kofi against Kevin Owens. I think some of the momentum starting to fall off this Kofi thing. Is there any chance they have him drop the belt this early? No, no chance. But I agree. I think the momentum's running. I think we're running out of steam. It was a novelty. It was fun. I think we're running out of gas. Dave, you on board with that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Kofi can't carry the belt for too long, but they'll probably let him keep it a little longer. So I see, I think the kickoff show is Daniel Bryan and Rowan against the Usos. Is that actual for a belt or do you know? Well, Bryan and Rowan have the belt, so I'm sure it probably is. I didn't, I don't, 
I don't really have an opinion one way or the this. other on that match. I hope they let Brian and Rowan keep it because I'm very interested in that team. Yeah, let's just go with them and just move on. Um, Universal title. Well, hold on. Since Whoa. we were talking, since we were talking pre-show, um, who's Balor fighting for the 205 Live title? He always has to get his gimmicks in here. Go ahead. What's the next match? I'm not even talking about this. I think he's fighting uh, Casey Cadenzaro <laughs> for this for the spinner belt. <laughs> okay, Universal Championship, Seth Rollins and the phenomenal one. There's there's no way they build up Seth this whole time and then have him lose it, right? I don't think so, but I'm okay if he does, but I don't think so. I kind of want to see how they get out of it because I don't I don't know that they can let him win clean because they they need more people challenging for the title on Raw and if they just totally you know castrate AJ here and let him lose clean I don't know I don't know what that does but yeah Seth keeps the belt maybe Styles wins with the phenomenal flatter forearm. <laughs> Okay, he gets up on the ropes and he gives a sign. <laughs> There's like three people in the crowd that do it too. Um, yeah, and then the other thing, I think there, uh, there's a, another pay-per-view in June that's called Stomping Grounds, which <laughs> goes very, uh, very well with Seth Rollins being the champ. So I, I, I think he might, unless they pull a surprise just a random raw or something. He's probably carrying that thing all the way to SummerSlam. I think so. I think so. Maybe maybe something happens in this match that kind of launches off the next feud for him. But yeah, I think he keeps it. All right. Any thoughts on the women's Money in the Bank ladder match? Who all is in it? Uh, let's see. Natalia, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Ember Moon, <laughs> Bailey, Alexa Bliss. Is Mandy Rose in it? I think. I can tell you who's not going to win it. (laughs) (laughs) Bailey? No. Dana Brooke is not going to win the women's (laughs) match. As we discussed, Dana Brooke is going to get into uh, like a a freestyle mic match with Bobby Lashley, who speaks the English language worse. If Dana Burke wins, will that be like, it'll be between her and Country Horse? It's like, what was the bigger upset? <laughs> country House. It was a horse, horse, but I, I knew where you were going. <laughs> I'm having a hard time talking myself out of Alexa winning it, but that's happened, but they've already done that, you know? So that's why, you know, that would yeah. be the reason why no. But, you know, I think in Money in the Bank matches, you always lean towards the heel winning because having the contract in the briefcase is such a heel thing to have and to do. I lean her direction, but I would, if, like, let's put it this way, if Bailey, if Bailey's climbing up the ladder late in the match, the shirt's coming off. Like, there's no question. The fin- I'm climbing a fence if that happens. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I mean... Just throw a name out there. I like Bliss. Okay. Um, hmm. Ember Moon seems like the one, the most natural winner. I don't. I don't think Natalia could climb the ladder. <laughs> It'd break. I think Bailey's probably the safe, the safe pick. 
just because she had the titles, yeah. but the tag team, but then Sasha kind of abandoned her. So she's a she's a yeah. great performer and a beautiful, beautiful could, young woman. I could see Bailey going through there, botching her normal eight moves and then climbing the ladder and getting the briefcase. So, Dave, I'm going to play a little spoiler here, even though I know you're going to watch Raw, but you need this information to make this decision. Okay. So the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, which to me is pretty wide open. I think they could go with anybody and justify it. So see if I have everyone listed here. But uh, so Finn Balor, Andrade, um, who else from SmackDown? Ali. Huh? Ali, formerly Mustafa oh, yeah. Ali, Randy Orton. Yes. Randy Orton, uh, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Ricochet, and Sami Zayn. <laughs> Replacing Braun Strowman. Right. So I think they could go any direction here. Um, I'm all the thoughts and prayers are that it's not Baron Corbin, even though I shared with you all today, I was reading rumors that they're going to build him up for a universal title match, probably sometime in June with Rollins. I don't think he gets it through this. It's probably going to be some through some other angle. So I don't think it's going to be him. Obviously the Scottish psychopath is who I want, but I, f- I feel like they're doing the Sami Zayn thing for a reason. And that's, that's who, that's who I'm going with. I'm going to keep going much like I wanted him in the Battle Royal. I want Andrade to get his push. I think you guys are going to be really disappointed and they're going to let Baron Corbin win this. I think all signs point to this happening. Because it's a great gimmick because people hate him. He's already won it once and lost like one of the few people in the history of it to, to cash in and lose. And I guarantee you they're setting it up to happen again in a very satisfying way where... He's gonna try cashing it in and fail for a second time. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm wrong, but I, that's the way I see this going down. And then will he literally just disappear from the earth, like right just when he's go pinned, away. He just, just please he fades go away. away. Just a pile of dust. Yep. Wow. I think you're gonna be disappointed come Sunday night. Man, that would be bad. I'm already on record that I would have to take some time away. From the biz, if uh, take a sabbatical, if he wins, yeah. Well, I think your sabbatical is going to be coming into play. Son quick, Sam. Quick, uh, wrestling and Disney note. Walking through and saw a guy wearing, or actually, there's a woman wearing an undisputed era T-shirt, and I yelled, "Adam Cole, baby!" <laughs> she gave me the thumbs up. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Always good to get the response on the NXT front. Absolutely. Which we'll, we'll be seeing in person here in about a month. So it's going to yeah. be... Yeah, uh, Tommy, were you aware of that? Glenn and I, fourth row for NXT. Yeah. Oh, I, oh. Didn't know, I, knew, I knew that the discussion was underway. I didn't know that the... Uh, wow, fourth row. I'm proud of you guys. I wish I could it's be there. I wish I could be there. physical contact with the Street Profits. 